Good morning, everybody. This is the Equestrian Adventuresses podcast with Heather and Uta, the show for women who love horses, travel, and adventure. My name is Uta, and I'm happy to welcome you to another exciting episode. One word before we start. If you like the show, please give us a rating or review on your podcast players. This will help in keeping this podcast up and running. Also tell your friends about it so more like-minded women can find us and start listening. Thank you. And today's topic is uh, a bit of a special one um, and a bit of a personal one because um, I got a new horse. And uh, so I have or I, I'm still having a problem. Uh, I have to integrate her into my herd of horses. And so I want to talk a little bit today about my own experience, how to integrate a new horse into a herd. Now, getting a new horse is really super, super exciting. But integration uh, of one new horse into a, an existing herd can be a very, very stressful situation for both the horse and for you. Horses are herd animals and they do have these fixed hierarchies with leaders, followers, friends and enemies. And they absolutely hate it when this hierarchy kind of gets into disorder. So I know from a lot of people, they find this the most stressful of situations. And I know that the situation can be very stressful and uh, very difficult for horse owners and stable owners. And so I want to talk a little bit today about some strategies you can use for integration, about some tips maybe uh, to avoid injuries and how to better and quicker integrate a new horse into an existing herd. So, yep, I have quite a lot of experiences because we got quite a lot of horses, um, new and old, um, into our herd. And, uh, yeah, I hope I am able to give a few interesting um, tips here and there for the listeners. So, super excited. Let's just go to the show. We are explorers. We are trailblazers. We love to do what cannot be done. We love to test our limits, cross borders. And we love the freedom horses bring us. We seek lands without fences. Who are we? We are equestrian adventuresses. We are a community of women who love horses, travel, and adventure. To infinity and beyond! And now your hosts, Uta and Heather. What if you could have the adventure of your dreams? Enjoy your free time with your horse going out and about. The Equestrian Adventuresses created a workshop with 18 experts to tell you how to achieve this with and for your horse. We asked all of them to share their biggest mistakes and their strategies which brought them to where they are today. We asked them what they would have done differently in the first place so that you can learn directly from them. In this workshop you will learn strategies from our experts to succeed in having adventures with horses. Increase the speed while learning secrets our experts share with you. Get inspired. Sometimes we forget how important it is to just dream. This workshop will give you inspiration and motivation to fulfill your dreams. Our 18 experts are incredibly talented horsemen and women from different fields and countries and they have shared amazing insight and tips. Some of them are Kelly Wilson from New Zealand who talks about what wild horses teach us how to read horses, and how liberty work helps us in our relationship with our horse. Jonathan Field from Canada, who talks about how to stay safe with horses and how trail riding can help you with your general riding skills. Sarah Cuthbertson from Ride Like an Athlete tells us all about riders' fitness and how to prepare your body for an adventure. 
Sandra Schmidt from Ireland gives advice about how to prepare for an overnight camping trip with horses and about what equipment and gear is necessary. Charlotte Kingsman Chaudhry talks about how to manage our emotions to have a better relationship with our horses. Kathleen Leonard tells us about the biggest mistakes new long riders make and how not to long ride. And these are just some examples. There are many more. Additionally, there are bonus panel discussions about different topics such as saddlebags, tipping etiquette, when, what to do what, when you're injured while riding abroad, and many more. All this you can access from the comfort of your home or listen to while driving out to work or to the stable. We have also added behind-the-scene footage, and you will receive a goal-setting workbook to put your new knowledge to work. You can get all this for a special price of just $27 as a limited offer. You can find our virtual workshop on the Equestrian Adventurers' website and I will also add the link in our show notes. Just click on it and start fulfilling your dreams about adventuring with horses. And here we are back again talking about integrating horses into an existing herd. So as I mentioned already, I got a new horse, a mare, and I wanted to integrate her into our group of horses and uh, yeah in order that this goes well without any injuries without too much tension from my side I have really started developing a couple of systems uh, doing a couple of things um, different now than I used to do them before and uh, yeah today I want to talk a little bit about my experience and about what horses really need and how can we integrate them into a herd without too much of stress. As I mentioned, getting a new horse is usually super, super exciting for everybody, um, for every horse lover, for every rider. But the integration usually is one of the biggest obstacles or one of the biggest stepstones on the way of becoming a successful horse owner. And it's often a very stressful situation for both the horse and for uh, the owner, as well as for everyone else involved. Um, however, uh, we must always uh, think that horses are or no, actually, horses are herd animals. Um, they have very fixed hierarchies with leaders, followers, friends, and enemies, and they absolutely need other horses in order to be happy, in order to feel secure. Keeping a horse alone is really against the nature of the horse and should really, really not be done. Even just keeping two horses together is actually not enough. It's really best to have a minimum of three horses together and a maximum of 20 horses. If the group is any larger, then usually, um, again, in, in the wild and nature, we rarely have horse bands for more than 20, more than 20 horses together. Um, so keeping it below 20 is actually closest to nature and keeping it above three. What does the herd give these individual horses? Um, it gives the horse safety, it gives the horse company, and it gives them the possibility to rest, eat, and relax. Have you ever observed a herd of horses? Um, even in, in, in the field, right? You see there's a few horses which lie down um, on the ground to sleep, to be completely out and sleep and relax. And uh, But there's, they never do this all together. There's always at least one horse on guard. Usually there's two, three. They're out on guard. They're standing. They're looking around. And the other ones at the time can really sleep and relax. Now, if you only have one horse, um, it's very stressful for the horse because it's against his nature. It's very difficult for him to find um, the peace and, um, you know, just the possibility to rest, to sleep, to relax because he knows there's no one on guard. And that's a very instinctive 
uh, that's a deep instinct of the horse to um, to be a member of a herd and uh, to find the safety with the herd. Now, of course, a lot of people say, well, horses can also um, find safety with me as a person and in a stable. But it's actually a fact that um, it's against the nature of the horse to give a horse a loan. So, um, yeah. Now, if you look at a horse herd, uh, we might think it's just like a random group, but it's not true, actually. It's a very highly organized family structure in which every member of the herd has a very fixed place. Unlike other animals, the herd hierarchy with horses can change. Individuals can fight for better rank and a better access to resources, which comes with it. Sometimes these changes are temporary, such as when a mare gives birth to a foal. Um, this this uh, this baby actually will give the mother a better rank for a few months, usually for around about a year until the baby is uh, more independent and um, goes out and becomes a full-fledged member of the herd. This actually ensures um, the better chance of survival of the foals. So it's quite interesting if you have very low-ranking mares that can actually acquire a higher rank just um, on the account of uh, having become a mother at least temporarily. Um, so usually if you look at horses in the wild, uh, they consist of a stallion and a group of mares and babies. And the leader is usually one of the older mares. Um, the stallion is just there to protect the mares and of course to, to breed with them. Uh, and male foals are usually only allowed to stay until they are start posing a threat to the authority of the stallion. So by the time they're a year and a half, sometimes younger, sometimes uh, a little older, they uh, they are chased away by the stallion and they usually band together in so-called bachelor herds until they're old and mature enough to acquire their own herd of mares or fight with an older stallion for the possession of his mares. Now, of course, um, in modern times, our way of keeping horses is different from how horses live in the wild. And um, we very rarely can give our horses a very natural environment. So we usually try to keep our horses as natural as possible with lots of um, together time outside in fields. So I really love having horses out and about for 24 hours, if possible, um, running in a herd because it's just the most natural way of keeping horses. Now, if you have a fixed group of horses, there's different groups of horses nowadays. There's some people who keep um, uh, horses of the same gender in one group. They keep mares together and they keep groups of, of um, geldings together, sometimes geldings and stallions. Um, but most of the time, I mean, not very few people keep stallions nowadays. And a lot of the stallions are quite aggressive that they cannot be kept together with other um, geldings. So I'm talking here about uh, basically geldings and about mares. And some people keep them mixed. So I personally prefer mixed groups because I feel it's more natural for the horses. I don't think an all mares group or an all um, gelding group is extremely natural. Maybe an old an old gelding uh, group, yes, because we have these bachelor groups, but definitely not an all mare group. So some stable owner, I have actually um, add uh, an older gelding to the mares group who kind of take over the role of the stallion. Um, that's also something you can do. Anyway, I usually have mixed groups, and um, yeah, so stallions, uh, sorry, geldings and mares. Yeah, um, usually people say it's easier to integrate a new horse into a larger herd, um, but. 
generally integrating a horse into a new group means a lot of stress um, for the group and for the single horse. Now, if we consider that a horse um, really the, the hierarchy, the herd is the most important thing for the horse. Now, just imagine we're taking the horse out of a herd, taking it into a new place and then just putting it together with a lot of horses with a bunch of horses which are totally alien to them, right? It's the same thing if you take a child and take it out of his class or a group of peers and put them together with uh, a lot of new children. Uh, and this is difficult, particularly when all the other children know each other. So usually this is also a process you have to monitor. Now with children, you can usually talk with horses. It's very difficult to explain the horse the reason why he had to move. And of course, moving nowadays for every one of us is something we do quite regular. Or sometimes we even don't like the, sta like the stable anymore where we keep our horses and want to um, move our horse to another stable, maybe with better facilities or with a different group of people. So something we do quite often and uh, we of course take our horses along and we always assume it's pretty easy for the horse, but it's not. So we should always keep in mind it's a very, very stressful situation for the horse and um, also for the new group where we're adding the horse. Yeah, so the best way really to integrate a horse, there's actually two ways to integrate a horse into uh, a new herd. There's several ways, let's say it that way. But there is the fast way and there's the slow way. The fast way is just to simply add a new horse to a group of horses. This is easiest done when there is um, either just a single horse or maybe two horses or when there's a very big group of horses. Um, this should only be done if you really have a big open space where the horses can really um, avoid each other where the new horse can really go away from the other horses, keep away, stay away from the other horses and where there's no corners, um, no obstacles, um, where there's a secure and strong fence around and there's no chance that the horse, that the new horse is somewhere cornered or, you know, uh, brought into a bad situation by the other horses and maybe injuring um, himself by, uh, by just crashing to a fence or crashing into an obstacle. So if we do this kind of fast integration, which can work, I've um, had cases where it worked quite well, um, but definitely uh, you have to take precautions that there is a lower, a, like less risk of injury. Additionally, I personally wouldn't do it this way unless I'm forced because risk of injury is high. Most likely the new horse will be uh, basically like the whole group will start running after the new horse. So it will be chased around the farm, around the field, around whatever space they have um, by the whole group of horses. So that whole thing can actually um, take several hours, days, weeks again and again, of course, not the whole time. But you, you get my point here. You have a lot of running. Um, risk of injury is quite high. So as I said, I would only do that if there's a lot of space and um, lots of, very less chance of injury, very secure place. Now, my preferred way is to really do it in a slow and controlled way. Now, the best thing is if you have a chance of kind of giving the new horse uh, the, uh, the chance of meeting uh, the, the existing herd, but be separated by a fence. So I would always try if I have a big field, I would kind of fence off a small portion of, of the field with a, not only with one tiny little fence, but with a strong fence, strong enough um, to keep a horse from going under or going um, above. 
and then keep the new host there. And then, of course, uh, in the beginning, stay there. Make sure you are there in the first couple of, well, at least half an hour, one hour until you can see that everything's fine. And like this, the horses can sniffle each other. They can see each other. They can meet. They can greet. But they cannot herd and they cannot chase each other. Now, this gives both um, the old herd and the new horse the chance of getting to know each other without any risk of injury. Now, this is usually a process which might take a day, two days, three days um, until pretty much everyone is, is kind of happy and satisfied and there is no more uh, extreme reactions. And then what you can do as the next step is to add one of the members of the herd together with a new horse on the other side of the fence. This can be um, still seeing each other or this can be totally separate from each other. Um, the advantage of doing it in a separate field is that these two now are bound together without any of the other members of the old herd and the new horse can bound with that, um, with that horse from the old herd. Preferably, most of the time, I would use the, um, the alpha female or the alpha male, whoever that is, the alpha horse from the old group and put them together with the new horse. So once the new horse got friendly with the alpha, um, it's much easier because he knows the most dominant of the other horses. They usually have already kind of made up their own um, hierarchy, which is usually the dominant horse from the other herd um, on top and the new horse probably submitting. And um, then give these two, allow them um, time to bond. They will bond because horses are herd animal. And if you take away all the other members of the herd, um, you know, the alpha will definitely bond with the newcomer because there is no other, other member of the herd around. So still, I would always keep them together for a few days. Even if there is not a lot of tension, both of them bond quite quickly. Both of them uh, stay together, eat together. Give them a week Um at least four days, I'd say, rather a week if you have the time. Because um, otherwise, if you put uh, other horses with them, the alpha might actually try put to protect the other horses from the newcomer, despite knowing the newcomer a little bit. But he doesn't know him well enough or her well enough um, that he will let, that he will give um, him a chance to be with the other members. So this happened to me once that um, I integrated a new horse. Um, I put him together or her together with the, with the alpha and the alpha bonded, but we only kept them together for like a day. And then we added two other or three other horses, um, like a low ranking mare, her baby and or quite grown up baby and another young horse, which kind of formed a little subgroup. And they were quite friendly, usually quite docile. So we didn't see any problems. Um, but what happened is that the alpha um, started keeping away the newcomer from his members, from his herd. So he would not let the newcomer get into contact with the others. He would chase him away uh, quite viciously. And um, while the newcomer would try to get into contact or try to keep close to any of the others, uh, he would always get chased away by the alpha. And uh, by the end of the day, there was a lot of chasing uh, of the field. So we actually decided to separate them again. So um, this happens when the alpha doesn't and the newcomer don't really have a chance of bonding um, enough. Um, then I would um, 
yeah, slowly proceed after like when the the newcomer and the alpha, when they really get quite a good relationship and they know each other, then I would really start adding one more animal, one more horse at a time in the beginning. Um, say if you have like a herd of around 10 horses, well, then add one more. So they are three. See how that goes. Then add another horse. See how that goes. Always baby steps and always give them enough time. Also in the beginning, don't take out your new horse often and long because every time you take him out and then you bring him back in, um, there's again, there's again like a, you know, it's again tension. It's again a stressful situation because you have taken him out and then you bring him back. So you should avoid and the first two weeks maybe to take your new horse out for quite some time. Of course, if you bring in a couple of horses to um, to stable, you can take him out too. You know, that's not too problematic. But keep in mind that it always kind of disturbs the process a little bit. So I would always try to keep this phase um in the beginning, I don't ride my new horse a lot. I don't take him out for a long time. I let him just bond with the other horses because for me, I think this is very, very important. I want to give him the chance to really bond with them, to find a new home, to find a new herd. And only then, bit by bit, when I know he has a secure standing and a good bond, then I can, you know, then there's no issue in taking him out anymore. But if I do that too early, if I, you know, take him out on day two again and put him back in, um, they keep on starting, not at zero, but um, the relationship suffers a little bit. So in the beginning, this would be my top priority um, to really allow him to, the time to bond with the horses. Um, I do go to the field and say hello very often and, you know, stroke him, pat him, feed him. Um, that's, of course, something which is very unproblematic. Um, same as a pat and feed the other horses, right? Um, making sure uh, there is not too much of rivalry. Like, of course, I don't just give food to the new horse and not to the old horses because, yeah, this might result in trouble as well. So, um yeah, so the best course really to integrate a new horse into a herd is to do it slowly, um, take your time, um, make sure uh, you really progress slowly, one horse at a time, um, make sure they, they see each other, they're fine with each other, and make sure that um, he really has a chance of bonding with those horses he's together with before you add another one. And uh, then there's a good chance that things will progress quite smoothly and uh, without too much of tension. What you can also do to um, lessen the risk of injury is, uh, well, uh, taking down any horseshoes. Of course, I know this is not feasible all the time because if a horse has shoes, well, just because you're adding a new horse, um, that doesn't mean every other horse owner will take off the shoes from their horses. But um, if you have a chance, you can take the shoes off and this will greatly reduce any risk of injury. Again, make sure there's no corners. I had one case where I added a new horse and he was ch uh, he was chased by a couple of others and uh, he was so scared and had so much stress, he just uh, jumped a fence. Um, happens all the time. Make sure your fences are um, electric or strong enough if you have strong wooden fences. Uh, make sure the horse sees. You know, sometimes people use a very fine and see-through wire. Um, so again, the risk that the horse might not just see the wire and might assume it's 
uh, it's open, for instance, or he can jump it, might not have um, any respect for the fence. Um, he'll just go through or over or under um, lots of things. Make sure there's nothing in the in the field which where the horses can actually uh, injure each other. If your horses spend part of the day in the stable, make sure they can actually see the other horses. Make sure um, they can they have contact over over the walls, for instance. Um, I personally don't like to have um, iron bars at my boxes, but I know a lot of people keep them. Um, but make sure that they can at least sniff and touch each other. I think it's personally it's very unnatural for a horse to be kept in a stable in a stall with iron bars where they are unable to touch the nose with the with the neighbors um uh, a thing one more thing is if you're buying a horse from like a trader or you bring a horse in from another country or state or from a very different region if you don't know the previous owner it might be a good idea to keep the horse a little bit separate from the other horses anyway for the first couple of days. Still make sure you keep him inside of the other horses because otherwise, again, um, it might be very stressful for the horse. If possible, um, at least in touch, even though, of course, the risk of uh, spreading a disease is there. Still, um, there's always kind of thing you always have to think uh, what's most important and most important is always to keep things as uh, free of stress as possible for our horses. Well, then it, of course, makes a difference if you're integrating a mare or a gelding. Usually integrating a mare is easier than integrating a gelding. But again, um, you cannot always say. Um, it's definitely easier if you integrate a horse which has lived together with a lot of other horses before. Uh, maybe which has gone through um, a couple of changes of stables before because they're usually quite well socialized. If you have, um, for instance, a horse which has lived in, in a foals group, in a big group of a lot of um, foals at one time, or if it has ever lived, it has always lived in a group of, uh, in a big group of horses, he's usually better socialized than if you're integrating a horse which has always lived with just one more other horse perhaps. Um, then, of course, what is something I have experienced and again, 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 and again, um, there is a saying that similar people like each other, um, in <laughs> well, it's a German saying, I'm not quite sure if you can translate it in English. However, um, subconsciously we like people, we like other people who are similar to us and it's the same with horses. This can be colors, this can be breeds, this can be type of horses. Usually you'll find that if you have a horse, if you have a herd of, if you have a herd of just dark horses and then you're bringing in a gray horse or maybe um, a colored horse like a, a Tobiano, like a, like a Pinto horse, it's usually more difficult than if you'd bring another dark horse. People are racist. Not all, of course, but there is uh, generally people like other people who are similar um, and horses are the same, right? So um, very often if you bring, um, it's easier if you bring a horse which is similar to the horses of the herd. If you bring a horse which is very different, it can be more difficult to integrate him into the new horse. Then, of course, it's important if you bring a new horse is to know your old horses, Who's the leader? Um, who is the follower? Which horses are more aggressive? Um, 
which horses are more friendly. So this is actually something I would always try to integrate my horse with the more friendly ones. And of course, I would always try to integrate my horses with the higher ranking animals. Because say if I have a newcomer and I integrate him first with the, with the alpha and then maybe with another high ranking um, animal, which is friendly and then they make friends and then I bring in some of the more lower ranking horses which might be more aggressive um, then the higher ranking horse might actually protect the new horse from the more aggressive lower ranked ones right um, so some horses are really aggressive towards newcomers um, this doesn't really this is not really bad it just means they have a more a stronger sense of protectiveness for their own um, comrades for their own herd members right there's always the one or the other which when you come when there's another new horse coming they'll you know pin back the ears and they really fight tooth and nail um to keep the other horse separate and there's those who are like always friendly and easygoing and you know put forward the ears and say oh who's that a new one man let's have a look and if you have horses which are like this it's of course much easier um to put them together with a new horse on the other hand um maybe you have uh you've maybe experienced this when you're going out on a trail ride uh just you with your horse and maybe uh, your friend with another horse and maybe these two horses hate each other when they're together in a group in the herd they don't like each other at all you know they're at the opposite ends of uh the field usually but suddenly, when you're out, just the two of you, just these two horses, and they know each other, even if they don't like each other at home, when they are somewhere away, they might suddenly bond and stick together and, you know, keep each other's company, keeping very close to each other. This is what makes where you can see that, well, after all, they are one herd, even if they usually don't like each other. When they are together somewhere alone, um, suddenly they like each other a lot more. So we can actually make this behavior also work into our favor so well by the end of the day it's of course easier to integrate horses which are similar to the horses there already i once tried to integrate a pony into a herd of well bigger horses mostly wombloods thoroughbreds um, and it was just not possible none of the other horses would really like the pony um stay with the ponies they'd all really mob the pony the pony was always at the receiving end and it just didn't work we finally found another solution on the other hand i know plenty of examples um, in which small ponies and big horses live very happily and very um, harmoniously together so it doesn't it's not always the case that you cannot integrate a horse which is very different from the other horse um, but it's usually a little easier I would also try to time the the integration as best as possible. Like um, spring is always a great time to integrate a new horse when there is a lot of spring grass and the horses are anyway happy to be out of the stable and out in the fields after a long winter where they had to where they just had hay. Uh, and suddenly the newcomer might not be that interesting. Um, as uh, for instance, if you integrate it at a time where they all where there is virtually no grass anymore left on the field, where they anyway bored, have nothing much to do. Well, then it's fun to just chase around the newcomer right so timing is always quite crucial um, 
also when you when you're just changing the field maybe you know putting the horses on a new field where there is lots of fresh grass again um this will detract uh, distract the other horses and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the times uh, the newcomer might actually just be easily integrated without a lot of troubles again always make sure that the field is has a real strong and robust fence and that there's no dangerous corners. Also one word maybe here also, if or when we integrate horses or even when horses interact with each other in a herd, there's always noises. There's sometimes horses will kind of show um, fight or play fight with each other. Um, sometimes particularly with geldings or with uh, young horses or stallions, this might look quite dangerous. Sometimes it is actually dangerous, but most of the time it isn't. Now, if you integrate a new horse, um, expect to hear them making a lot of noise, um, making a lot of uh, this kind of showcasing kind of, you know, aggressive behavior in the sense of, you know, pinning back the ears, um, you know, through rearing up um turning around on their on the horn like turning around and kicking out at the other um yeah doing doing all these things most of the time you will see they're not bound they're not out there to hurt the other most of the time this is just trying to uh show off just trying to kind of establish respect establish their position trying to kind of mm, kind of show the other horse, look, I'm strong and I'm bad and, you know, don't mess with me. So this is the kind of attitude, don't mess with me. This is what they are trying to show. Very rarely, they really hurt each other in a very serious way. Yes, there's biting. Yes, there's kicking. And of course, if the horses have shoes, this can lead to injuries. And as I said, if they manage to corner a new horse and the horse really gets you know, caught in this in this corner, caught in a little place where he cannot get out anymore. You know that horses usually fly away. They usually run away rather than they fight. But if they corner, they might fight. And then you can really have serious injuries. It might get kicked or bitten. Or as I mentioned, the horse might just jump the fence or run through the fence, actually. I've had it all. So make sure, um, again, there's no risk of injury. In the beginning, if you're adding a new horse uh, to or a newcomer to another horse, if you're putting two new horses together, I'd always try to be there, right? Um, what I usually do, I keep the halters on. So if I need to separate the horses, if I need to catch a horse, I get it. I can catch those quickly. Um, I bring a, I bring along a big whip, one of my driving or longing whips, so I can uh, separate them or I can at least, you know, drive them away from each other or drive one horse off without having to personally physically interfere um, too closely. I mean, um, a driving whip at least gives me a little bit of a more reach. Um, I'm there usually with two people if possible um, so that we can catch horses again. We can help each other. We are there. One might be on one side of the field, one on the other side of the field um, and make sure they have a lot of space. This is, I always say, um, if you don't want to have any injuries with horses, make sure they have enough space um, to get out of each other's way. Yeah, to kind of sum it up, um, integrating a new horse into the herd, uh, I would always do it slowly. Give the horse enough time to get used to one member at the time or um, 
only a few horses at one go, not all of them together. Uh, make him bound first with the alpha uh, over the high-ranking animal, which is friendly. Try not to you know, put him together with the most unfriendly of the horses, rather with those ones which are quite friendly and open because he will bond with them um, much quicker. And uh, they can protect the new one uh, from the kind of mean horses in the herd. Um, always make sure that uh, the field or the place where they, where they meet is well secured. Make sure there's no corners, no narrow passages, that it's open. Um, be there, there in the beginning. Um, be there, watch the horses, keep an eye, interfere if necessary. Um, don't interfere too quickly. Uh, let them get to know each other. Don't panic when they, uh, you know, jump, uh, throw their hooves, uh, rear, kick, threaten to bite because in the beginning it's a lot of show. Uh, just kind of interfere if they really, really, um, you know, threaten to hurt each other or if there's a lot of chasing. Um, try to, there might be, there. there's always probably a little bit of chasing, but if the chasing gets too much, um, it's stress for everyone. So then better separate them with a the fence. Make sure they can meet over the fence for a little while and make sure that the new horse uh, gets to know the others a little bit better before you um, let it be on the other side of the fence again. Right. So keeping horses together is natural. Don't keep your horse separate. Uh, don't be afraid of integrating a new horse in the herd. Um, I hope. I was able to help you a little bit, uh, taking away uh, maybe any kind of various attention you have. It's something which can be a little stressful for everyone involved. Um, but I always say as owners, as riders, we should try to keep the tension and the stress for us as small or as little as possible, because when we are tensed, our horses usually are tensed as well. So if we are calm and composed and if you know what to do, and if you know our herd, um, it's usually something which can be managed with very, very little injury and uh, with as little stress as possible for everyone involved. Yeah, that was it from my side. I hope you enjoyed this little uh, podcast episode today. And yeah, talk to you again next week. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for being here today. If you like the show, please do give us a favor and hit the subscribe button so that you'll never miss any new episode in future. Also make sure to visit our website where you can find interesting articles about horse riding adventures. The latest news about what is happening in the equestrian adventures is Cosmos. And of course, the show notes for today's episode and all the other episodes. Find out more about our new horseback travel guidebook, The Ultimate Equestrian Adventuress's Bucket List Book, now available as free download from our website or as paperback version from Amazon. Find out more about the Equestrian Adventuress's 100 Miles Challenge and how you can join in. And of course, discover our books and courses which will help you to achieve your own personal adventure with horses. So long everyone and happy trails! <laughs>